Hey there, Sean. Hey, Pierce. How's it going? It's pretty okay. All right. That means it's time for another episode of the It's Pretty Okay podcast. Let's do it. Let's start. So, baby, when you, you can't feel me. I'm you used to come. <sighs> yep. It's a uh, second quarantine pod. We're all, uh, I mean, I guess we have practice for doing this because we, we do it from four separate locations all the time. Uh, but somehow, you know, I don't know, it feels just a little bit farther apart. We're all trying to maintain our respective sanities, uh, which includes Kevin going out and making a purchase that we'll, we'll talk about next week. Uh, we <laughs> don't want to spoil that. The specifics of the purchase we'll talk about <laughs> next week, uh, but it it is very interesting that he he made that because now what's the timeline for when Max and and Kevin you you all have to stay inside nonstop? It's noon tomorrow. Uh, until what April 9th, I want to say seventh. Whatever Ooh, the Tuesday is. Anyway, I change. In, I stay inside anyway, so it doesn't it doesn't really affect me. Oh, that's that's good. I mean, we we all really should because sunscreen is not enough protection against the evils of the sun. But uh, <laughs> no, I, I I think that that's that's probably not essential for everyone to to stay inside quite quite all the time. But I think we are starting to grapple with, and you know, bef- before we started recording, we kind of all gave updates on on what we've been doing, and I heard a lot of grocery store visiting and everything but one thing slightly broader than that is is we have all been dealing with what is essential to be doing right now with the time when we're not inside yeah so you know uh, obviously a lot of a lot of phrases have kind of entered the lexicon in the last uh couple of weeks like self-isolation and social distancing and certainly quarantine is getting a lot more run than it usually does uh, but one other thing that has been kind of of particular note in the last week as we're starting to see uh, more tests come back and there are more reported cases and really upsettingly many more reported deaths is orders from state governments to shut down all non-essential businesses and mm-hmm. what we're learning is that a lot of the foundation of what constitutes an essential business is the same. Uh, Grocery stores, pharmacies, uh, obviously healthcare facilities. But uh, some of the things kind of further out, uh, a degree or two removed, is where you start to get some differences. And so I've got, uh, you know, people in uh, a group text who live in Denver who are racing out to go get stuff from the liquor store because liquor stores and pot shops in Colorado have been deemed non-essential businesses, so they're closing down. (laughs) Meanwhile, I went to the liquor store in Charlottesville today to get, you know, not to get loaded up so I can get loaded up, uh, but to get a little little bottle of vodka to make, like, penne ale of vodka later. Um and the clerk said, yeah, we're not closing anytime soon. We may reduce our hours, but come on, we're not closing. So, you know, yeah. I, it has been interesting to think about, like, what places p- 
place priority on certain segments of well, industry. Mm-hmm. And the thing is, and the and this is where I think that there's an immediate check on this assumption that okay, certain things are going to stay open. Is uh, this weekend I plan on going to the farmers market? You know, farmers are not big. <laughs> farmers are not big businesses. Uh, they are small businesses. Say. And a lot of times it's just the family or a couple other workers and everything. And up until I think Thursday afternoon, no, Friday afternoon, there's an expectation that the farmer's market in Arlington was going to take place. And then I got some emails Friday afternoon saying, uh, Ralph, Governor Ralph Northam signed something and it says that actually farmer's markets are not essential. They are not treated the same as grocery mm. stores. Um, so in Virginia, and we're not on a full stay-at-home thing yet, I think. I Correct. wouldn't be surprised if the time this podcast comes out, we are. But that is deemed non-essential, and that's going to really hurt another small business. And they can do CSAs, but it's hard. You know, I had one say, "We're going to be answering calls that are landline. If you give us fifty dollars, you're going to get twenty pounds of produce or something like that." So that is not open here. But Kevin, where was open today for you? Yeah. So my first reaction to this was, oh, "Okay, well, if they're closing." At noon tomorrow, I guess if I do want to go to a liquor store, I better go today because there's no way that's essential. And then lo and behold, it's ho, essential. Ho, ho, ho. In Massachusetts, then, you better believe those are essential. <laughs> and then even with this They can't uh, take second, away Sam Patrick's yeah. day and the liquor. And Tom Brady. And, yeah. well, there's, there's a lot of morning drinking still going on. Morning with a U. Actually, probably also yeah. without yeah. a U. Yeah. But even the other... The other purchase I went and made today, it was because I thought the place was closing down, and then you guys made a good point of why it wouldn't be. So I guess my first thought is that basically everything was inessential except for groceries and pharmacies and gas. But- yeah, and and so what I what I've been learning today is, uh, you know, restaurants that are are still open in that limited, like takeout delivery capacity those are actually essential food service is qualified as an essential industry pretty much everywhere like and that makes sense i don't know why i assumed it meant everywhere was shutting its doors um but you know there there are things you don't think of like gas stations essential um and and you know there's even kind of a second degree where it's like places that help facilitate kind of safe uh, quarantining and, and isolation are are actually allowed to stay open, like the place that you went that we'll talk about next week. So, you know, I, I do... There's a lot of common ground here, which is we want you to be able to eat. We want you to be able to get medicine if you need it. Uh, although that's certainly not being helped by, uh, by the president shouting out uh, drug combinations that haven't really been, um, you know, meted out by the, by the CDC or anything. Um, you know, we, oh, did we lose Kevin? Oh, Kevin's back. Yay. We've had some, had a Skype. If I drop off, I will send the audio file (laughs) and, uh, the audience will not get to hear me for the rest of it. Yeah. Um, I think Max, you have as our as our resident most urban reporter. In some ways, you have a different view on what is essential. Um, one thing you mentioned very quickly is laundromats, and I am fortunate enough to have laundry not only in my building but in my unit. 
And that is something that is, I think, overlooked as those need to stay open. And those are business that caters to, I think, a very certain crowd. Yeah, I actually, that was the biggest concern I had when I think California was the first state to do this type of thing. And I immediately looked it up and said, well, will the laundromat still be open or do we need to do all our laundry beforehand? Um, Those are essential. I think they should be essential because, I mean... I guess you can live without doing laundry, but that's part of your daily life. And also, when you're no, talking about a pandemic, also, a like you want to be washing things too. Exactly. So, um, yep, our laundromat is is staying open. I don't know what you mean by the types of people that use it. I guess you theoretically oh, just... mean either lower income or people that live in neighborhoods where it's less likely for them to have in unit access. I think. I think part of it is, is there is there is an assumption and uh, often a reality of people using laundromats are in more urban locales and often not as not as well off because of course you'd have a laundry machine in your in your building or at least in your unit and that's just not not the case and and it affects a broader Mm -hmm. swath than i've said but it does there is a connotation there and i think it's good that that is protected and thought of because it is a hygiene thing and these people these people us people all people need to be able to continue to wash our clothes uh my building didn't have hot water as frequently happens uh for a period this weekend and i was really angry because it while it does happen a lot and they're they say they're fixing it this is the worst time to not have hot water so having hot water to wash your clothes especially if you maybe are still in a service industry job or you're working at a grocery store and you go back and you do not have a washer dryer in your unit you really need to be able to wash your clothes because you're interacting with a lot of people that is definitely essential to me but I also know that in uh, Massachusetts, they oh go ahead, Sean. But what's but what's not essential is barbershops. So I'm just gonna look like a, a you know a bum by the time this is all over and I can go outside again. Yeah, don't you cut your own hair? <laughs> uh, no, uh, I I am not the person on this podcast that does that sort of. <laughs> Thought you used to. I but, oh okay. I used to for a long time, but. I stopped doing that, you know, when I got a college degree and a job. <laughs> Fair enough. <laughs> um, yeah, no, those are not essential. You cannot go get out and get a haircut starting tomorrow. But um, I guess another thing that I I kind of thought of as being essential but maybe isn't, and I, and I think this will get into a, a, a another facet of this topic, which is I just got a notification that in Arlington – uh, parks, fields, and playgrounds are now closed. Um, over this past weekend, I have seen people go there with their children. You need an outlet <laughs> being inside with your children all the time. Uh, people going to run, just sitting and reading. And what happens is, and this is part of uh, Governor Northam, who I mentioned, you know, wanting to keep things to that, that CDC for eight weeks, I guess, uh, 10 people maximum for a grouping. And some stores are following that too in Virginia. That's that's the rule. Um, so some people can sit there and they can read or it can just be their family unit and they can be socially distanced. But I think we have all discussed seeing people who are abusing that, that privilege and going to parks and everything and being with big groups of people and eating or drinking or just being there and playing you know, slam ball or whatever, but it is not in the spirit of social distancing. And so now all these things have to be closed. And I kind of think it's not that they're inessential. Um, it's that people are being dipshits. And so now we have to close it. 
I mean, uh, yeah, I wonder if some some of yeah. it is encouraging people to stay in, like giving them no excuse to leave. But even then, I, I don't know. If the parks are tricky because it can give a bit of outside time again for people with kids. I mean, yeah, I, I think the I think the issue there, and and I've been kind of viewing all of this through the lens of. Uh, Washington DC being just like criminally delinquent in shutting down the tidal basin and keeping people mm-hmm. from gathering yep. in huge throngs to see the cherry blossoms is that like if yep. you don't if you don't go straight to relatively draconian you are not allowed to be here and if you are here the police are going to remove you measures like a lot of people just haven't been listening so, yeah, so and, it, I think it, I do think it goes to like you have to give people no avenue but to do the right thing and keep distance from other people, and yeah. and like and that, you know we're we're having different standards of this all around the country and it's going to be a problem. Uh, this is one of those times that we're supposed to be like it would be really helpful for us to be one country and not fifty states. Well. Uh, you know, federalism does exist, and sure. I commend I commend the states that have gone out of their way to say we want to protect our citizens as best I can. Sometimes it's sometimes it's too late. I mean, I think New York is not doing tests anymore because uh, so many people have it. It's like we just got to see these for the health workers. We don't have a lot of tests. Um, but that kind of gets into this news aspect. Is is it feels very doom ridden, and you do want to go outside and just take a break from it, but because people have seen the news and are like, well, I'm a young person. I'm not going to be affected by this. I think you end up going to a park and, and being like, well, I'm just going to go party. I basically have no work tomorrow. It's stuff like that. And I think that's a really harmful attitude. And when this is all said and done, it could be people point fingers at folks like us because we thought, as often happens, we were invincible. And this is a really good time to reflect on your not and to think about what is essential now i do think that entertainment is essential and we've all been looking for ways to do that but you know it doesn't necessarily mean going outside the medium through which we are communicating right now is a as we discussed last week is a fine Mm -hmm. though imperfect way to do that yeah well we don't we just there's a a fucking global pandemic outside we don't get perfect answers you know so like entertainment is essential but going you know going to a concert venue while it would provide you entertainment which is something that is essential it also probably provides you the coronavirus right and if you have the internet theoretically you have an infinite supply of entertainment this is true uh (laughs) there is a lot of stuff on youtube There, there is, and there's a, and there's. I've definitely watched some movies that I wouldn't normally watch recently because I just I needed something, and to start being very discerning and picky right now, it's not it's not the time for that. You know, you don't you don't need to go make prime rib right now. Just get ground brief. Okay, okay, maybe not Max. Um, did you make prime rib, Max? I, I made a rack of lamb last night. <laughs> But because but, I was bored, There's... and they had plenty of racks of lamb at the store, clearly not something that people are hoarding. So I said, hey, "I'm going to grab a rack of lamb." So mm-hmm. I actually think that this is resourceful, and I, I should be nicer here. Which is, you are you are viewing this as 
what is essential right now? It's essential for me to maybe get some protein in my diet. Yes, you could eat beans, but they're probably sold out of beans. And you're saying, this is what's available to me. I'm not going to go to six different places and potentially infect other people or carry or whatever. Um, maybe this isn't how you were thinking, but <laughs> ideally you would be thinking this way. And you're saying, this is what is available to me. I can make something out of this that is enjoyable, like I did yeah. yesterday with cabbage and sausage in my in my what I had available to me yeah. and it was great and I feel positive because I made do and that was essential I needed a meal and I did it I didn't go out of my yeah. way to do so well no I was trying to treat myself but <laughs> there were plenty of racks of lamb and it's not a cheap meat so it's not like I was I don't know I didn't feel like I was taking a meal from someone who would really need it but my mm-hmm. store has also been pretty good about restocking being downtown Boston so there was chicken and beef and other things too i just wanted a rack of lamb waste feels especially upsetting right now Mm -hmm. i think that that is one thing i in talking about what's essential um that that is concerning to me is what what in the whole foods what fresh produce is i went in the other day what is not going to be bought Uh, i think that it's not the bananas but it might be the I don't know what's the stuff that looks like cauliflower, but but it's not actually cauliflower. Romanesco, maybe. I, I do think not that's what, know what you're talking about. It's it's very I cool do. looking cauliflower stuff, but you know it's probably <laughs> not going to get bought. And then someone is going to not be able to leave their home because they're kind of sick or they're concerned that they're sick. And then the Romanesco that I've given a name to, which you know might not be what it's called, is 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 gone. And uh, that that stuff like makes me feel bad right now. I'm going to spend the rest of the day wondering what vegetable you're talking about. Romanesco broccoli. Rom- oh. Romanesco broccoli. I've never seen that before in my life. It looks kind of like a giant, tiny succulent huh. that's apparently edible. I assumed you, you were going to go to kohlrabi. Oh, that's that's a person, right? <laughs> so that does bring me to another thing here, which is we are dealing with other people telling us what is is essential. I mentioned Whole Foods. Whole Foods has this thing now where they have these painter's tape on the floor that's six feet apart. And they say, if you stand in line, stand behind the line. People still don't do it, but I, I noticed it and I saw their signs about it. And I tried to, uh, you know, Kevin, you, you dealt with this firsthand today trying to get out. Do you think at all, do you think twice about the quote unquote man telling you what is or isn't essential in your life? Uh, no, that doesn't really go into my calculus. Um, I try to make sure that whatever I do, that I am doing it responsibly. And if I deem that I, that it's not essential and I can't do it responsibly, I wouldn't do it. So like right now, I think if I were to try to go get, um, liquor, I would probably go to a place that only does curbside pickup. Yeah. And I think that I could make a joke about, well, you're a coastal elite. Like, obviously, you're going to accept whatever the government tells you because you're you're a big lefty. You know what? We don't but, we don't need to do this. We don't need to spend any time on like the whole cottage industry of Instagram conspiracy <laughs> theory posts about how this is all a hoax. This isn't a hoax to impeach the president, as Fox News and Fox Business would have you believe, but that it's actually a hoax to give the government unlimited power to control you in every facet of your life. Uh, I'm Mm. personally, I for one am glad that there are no beloved former university of Virginia basketball players sharing that stuff regularly. Oh, wait, that's not true. (laughs) Damn. But 
so <laughs> and it, it, an extension of that is I think I appreciate that there is still this, you know, Governor Northam signed something and said, okay, parks are closed. And I trust that that is the right decision. You know, what, and I know there's lots of discussions about that. And I think it's important that that trust still exists so that we can say, you're right, the liquor store can be closed or the pot shop can be closed. Max, you seem very concerned by this, though. Well, I just think it is, it is, a, I mean, I think maybe after this we can, we can think about it, but it's interesting to look at that on a state by state basis. Like you mentioned that your parks are closed, our parks are open, our liquor stores are open. Our marijuana dispensaries are closed. Colorado's marijuana dispensaries and liquor stores are closed, while California's marijuana dispensaries and liquor stores are open. And so it's like, do you think that those things are essential to different groups of people, or or do you just blindly trust that that's the best decision for each of those states? Well, Well, Sean, go ahead, Kevin. I was going to say, well, one thing with the states, I think that maybe one reason you don't close liquor stores here is because then everyone would just go to new hampshire or rhode island and you'd get these masses of cars going there to get liquor yeah, and coming back and maybe we that's already why, do that maybe, maybe that's why they don't do it but yeah that's a good point point. and new hampshire is not gonna close their liquor stores <laughs> no. anytime soon they will live free or they will die <laughs> well that is their is... state slogan oh, so if it's ever been applicable it is applicable now this is particularly germane but it does go to sean's point of it would be nice if there was a this is an instance where a central trusted institution would be great <sighs> but as it is um you you have there's issues deciding what the best course of action at the federal level is. I'll say that in in a nice way possible. There are people at that level who are saying the cure cannot be worse than the problem, which, as has been said again and again about social distancing, it will seem and quarantining everything else. It will seem stupid if it works because you won't <laughs> right. notice how well it worked. Right. I this guess. Is, I guess what I, I would mean, get at is like don't. Uh, don't don't use your your quarantine time to watch uh, political shows. Uh, don't watch The West Wing because uh, you will spend all of your time going, God damn it! Why isn't the government actually like this? And don't watch Veep because you will spend the entire time going, God damn it! Why <laughs> is the government actually exactly like this? So I would maybe maybe just let those lie. Um, but Kevin, you were you were saying something about you know, having your own decision-making process in place too. And so that I think is something that's really important is obviously you want there to be some level of trust between the citizenry and bodies of state and local government to that. They're going to make some of those decisions on what places can remain open, but it's also really important that you decide what things are or aren't essential for you. And so that is where you get to the question of like, how much news should I be consuming during this time? Because, Mm -hmm. you know, I don't, I don't know how much y'all have (laughs) consumed in the last few days, but it's really, it's all the same. Um, You know, out outside of updated case counts and updated death counts, you know, yeah. you get a few new essential pieces of information every day. Like this state is 
going on lockdown. But really, even that's not that essential to you if you don't live in that state. And then you hear about the climate in the rest of the country. And that shit could be kind of damaging to your mental health right now. Like we're, we're, we got to be prepared to be strapped in for a decently long haul. And like knowing, knowing how stir crazy I'm getting just after like 10 days, you know, if we're going to be living in this reality for a couple months, which seems pretty likely, um, I can't be pulling my hair out about, you know, how bad the news seems. No one bad. Yeah, I, I think that, like, for me, I've been way too addicted to, the, you know, the map on the New York Times that has mm-hmm. the, the, the red circles. And I... It's red circles. That's, that's yeah, don't, it's, don't look at it, Max. Don't yeah, look at don't it. Don't look at it. That should rot your brain like your parents told you TV would do when you were a little kid. <laughs> yeah, and it's like you know that we know that it's going to get worse, and the case numbers are going to go up. But then the the numbers still just give you like reinforce the or they just give you the anxiety. The heartburn the deepens. Yeah, you know it's happening, but it comes again, and it's terrible. On that. Yeah, and and it's. This this is bad. It's going to get worse. The Surgeon General, I believe, just said that today. This week is going to be very bad. Yeah. Um, as we're recording, this is the first day 100 people have died from coronavirus in a day. Um, in the U.S. It will get worse. In the U.S. It will get worse. And the thing is, is I've talked to people who are, are like, I'm struggling with this. My, my parent sends me a bunch of news and everything. Uh, and I said, I've stopped listening to the Daily because it's the same thing every morning. And I think a certain type of person listens to the daily every morning. And I think right now we know this is bad and it's tough. And I think that FaceTiming a friend or some friends and reading or listening to Beethoven, which I've been doing, which is weird, but it's been nice, um, or going out and getting some entertainment, so to speak, that's helpful because the news is not going to say anything different. No one's doing like cool stuff, like running across the United States to raise money for, uh, you know, helping kids read or anything like that right now. No, all that stuff is shut down. There aren't going to be cool news stories. I have the whole New York times from yesterday in front of me. There's nothing in here except coronavirus. And so tuning out and thinking about what is essential to me to keep my well being is like the only exercise that is worth just about anybody's time right now. I'm not a doctor. I'm not an epidemiologist. I can't look over that stuff, can't look at the red dots and try to make sense of it all. It'll just stress me the fuck out. So thinking about how I can make myself as happy as possible in this small space while also only consuming as much as I need, that's the task that I can handle right now and about nothing else. And I don't know if, like, in tuning tuning out altogether may be the best thing for you. But, like, maybe for you, Pierce, but maybe, like, for you listening, maybe the idea is that you need to find some sort of, like, some sort of segment of life that does still have some other news going on. Like, maybe maybe it's just not good for you to focus on the most updated case count. But, like, you know, if you're interested in what's going on in the business of sports with the coronavirus and, and all these events that have been shut down, like you you shouldn't necessarily just shut yourself out and say well i'm not going to take in any new information like just i think you can i think you can be you know you use the word discerning peers you can be discerning about 
what you seek out in this time. And I think that's really important for maintaining your sanity and your mental health, whatever you want to call it. Like it's, it maybe the answer is you need to just, you know, take a break altogether. And, and maybe even if you don't need to shut off altogether for the next two months, like maybe you got to take two days a week and say, I'm not taking in any new information today. I'm just going to read a book. I like, or I'm just going to watch a TV show. But like, I, I think it's, it's important to be informed but don't be obsessed. That's what yes, I would say. Absolutely. Because we know like we know with some level uh you know we know with some level of like abstract certainty what's going to happen in the next weeks and months. More people are going to be confirmed as having this disease. More people are going to be hospitalized. More people are going to die. That, April 7th is probably going to extend to April 21st. Right. Yeah. Right. The, these things are, are not uh, these things are not hard to foresee. And so getting TikTok updates on those, that doesn't really help you necessarily. That that's not being informed. That's being obsessed. So find find ways to stay informed. You know, find something that works for you. And just hang in there. Like I, I, I know that I know that some level of fatalism is pretty en vogue right now. Um, and that's not unwarranted. It's a, it's a pretty dark time. Um, but the real answer is at some point we are going to come out the other side of this. Can't tell you. I can't tell you when I can't tell you exactly what we're going to get through on the way there, but it's going to happen. And so the more people we have with us at that point, the more people who are, you know, finding ways to contribute to society, even as they're shut away from society, the more people that are staying informed, but not obsessed. Like, I think that's going to give us a better chance to come out the other side of this in a, as good a place as we can be given what's happening. So, you know, don't don't shut yourself down that i think is important too so you know optimism huzzah courage as raj would say um all right so uh now that we've had our weekly quarantine update let's uh let's move on to pierce is sorry uh and now that you've been shuttered away from the world for a while what are what are you apologizing for today well i there has been a a movement over the last week plus to exercise inside Mm -hmm. um and sometimes you have things available to you um and sometimes you don't like maybe you have a kettlebell maybe you have a yoga mat maybe you have one of those foam rollers um and it made me think of a time, a simpler time, uh, though an ashamed time in a lot of ways, when I was a teenager. And there would be certain trends and, and ideas for, for how you would get fit and things you could do that were less invasive. That seems like a weird word, but um, just to stay fit or get more fit as you're a, a, a slender or, or, you know, weirdly growing teen. And what I'm apologizing for today is a trend that at least we had at my high school, and I don't know if it still exists now, 
but uh, to to wear um, ankle weights like all the time. <laughs> and I remember very vividly wearing them to school. So oh, there no. I am just in the classroom and I wasn't alone wearing ankle weights. And, and I remember going and we would have golf practice and I would wear the ankle weights then or take them off right before then. And there is a certain like fun feeling of taking off the ankle weights after having them on forever because it feels like your feet move so much quicker because they've been going slowly but damn if that's just not the stupidest thing in the world they're little tiny weights and they feel different when you take them off but it's like if you're wearing a watch and then you take it off you haven't done a workout or anything you just kind of burdened yourself with the thing that made you not stronger at all so I'm I'm really just sorry to I guess really parents that that condoned this and gave us money to go buy ankle weights. I don't think they were expensive, but it's still really kind of I feel ashamed by this that I had I may have even spent money that I made working at the golf course on ankle weights. And goodness gracious, were they dumb? They're just dumb. <laughs> Get a kettlebell. Did they help your golf game? No, absolutely not. There's no jumping. There's no running. <laughs> There's no, I mean, there's not really any calf things except for carrying my bag. It was absolutely stupid. I mean, think about think about how many kids probably like harangued their parents into getting them those uh, jump sole shoes, where you're essentially walking oh. around on the ball of your feet all day. They're mm-hmm. supposed to be like, you know, plyometric training in your daily life to make you jump higher. It's it's all yeah, very I think silly. A, a good. Yeah, a good rule of thumb is if anything tells you that, hey, you'll get fit if you just wear this thing all the time. Right. Well, then it just becomes your norm and you're definitely not getting fit. Yeah, it would be one thing if you put on ankle weights and then went for a a run with weights around your ankles. And that Mm -hmm. theoretically would cause you to exert yourself more in, in the furtherance of that run. But, like, if you just wear light ass ankle weights and go about your day. Um, you're not getting benefit out of that. I'm I'm with you a hundred percent. So, yeah. Okay. Uh, well, we'll close the show as we do with a big idea from pop culture. And I imagine this segment will become very important in this time. Uh, you know, having, having stuff to read or listen to or watch. Uh, but one of the things that I've been really excited about over the last, really over the last two days uh, now that I've finally kind of settled into a bit of a groove, uh, is doing some reading. And so I, uh, I finished a book today. I finished John Hodgman's Vacation Land, which is a, a fun read. Uh, both of his kind of memoir type books, uh, Vacation Land and Medallion Status, are, are good and go pretty quickly. Um, but I, I would like to recommend something that I just started after finishing vacation land and something that I just uh, received in my inbox today that will probably be the next thing that I read after that. Uh, What I'm reading right now is a book called tanking to the top and uh, it's, it's for the sports fans uh, and it's a a book by a fellow named Yaron Weitzman, who is, I think a a writer for bleacher report uh, or he may have moved to SB nation but it's about it's like the you know the history of the process sixers uh, and and uh it's pretty enthralling i read like according to my 
Kindle. I've already read like 45% of the book today. Uh, but he talks about in the prologue about how uh, one of the only people who didn't talk to him for this book is Sam Hinkie. Uh, and not only did Sam Hinkie not talk to him, but engaged in a pretty rigorous campaign to get other people not to talk to him as well, uh, which, you know, I love as someone who already has pretty, uh, pretty set in thoughts about Sam Hinkie and what he did to basketball in Philadelphia. Uh, but if you're interested at all in sports and basketball or in the way that the world of business has kind of butted its head into the world of sports uh, and, and kind of force fed its approaches to sports so far. So good. It's a pretty interesting read. Uh, and, and I would, I would recommend giving that a shot, especially, you know, it just came out, I think a week ago. So um, supporting writers in this time is a good thing. Uh, and then after that, uh, I'm going to read uh, something called, I gotta find the name again. It is called, Where Do You Think We Are? Now, a year or two ago, I think it was last year, Shea Serrano of Ringer fame, of Grantland fame, of basketball and movies and other things fame, wrote a little mini uh almost like a collection of short essays about the office that his friend Arturo Torres who illustrates his books did some wonderful illustrations for and he sold it as like a PDF online and it was great it was so much fun it was like a quick little bite of reading uh, and he did one uh, this uh, where do you think we are is about scrubs and I hadn't watched scrubs in quite some time when he announced that this was something that he was doing. But uh, I knew as soon as he announced it, two things. One, that I was going to buy it and read it when it came out. And two, that in order to prepare for that, I was going to rewatch uh, a whole buttload of Scrubs. And I have certainly been doing that with the help of Hulu. Uh, and now I'm pretty stoked to get to read this. I'm certainly excited to have been able to support another writer, one that I, I deeply love, uh, and especially a guy who has spent so much time kind of giving back and taking uh, his fame and, and using it to help out other people. So uh, if you are so inclined uh, and, and have a few dollars in your entertainment budget that are are kind of freed up now that you're not going to concerts because the concerts aren't happening. Uh, I would say that Where Do You Think We Are is uh, probably a, a worthwhile purchase if you like Scrubs. So, uh, tanking to the top for the sports fans, Where Do You Think We Are for the Scrubs fans, uh, and hopefully I'll, I'll keep powering through stuff and have more recommendations for you next week. On that note, that is the end of the show. You can find us on Facebook or Twitter at PrettyOKPod or at our home on the web at www.prettyokpod.com. You can subscribe to the show on your podcast app or device of choice. If you do that, 
you'll get our episodes every week without having to go chase them down. Uh, if you do that, thank you. Please do us one more favor. Leave a rating, review, comment, that sort of thing. Or just tell a friend about the show. We'd love to share it with them as well. We'll be back again next week, we think, to talk about something else. Until then, I'm Sean. I'm Pierce. I'm Max. I'm Kevin. Thanks for listening. Bye. Every time I think that I've been taking the steps, you end up mad at me for making a mess. I can't understand why you don't understand.